welcome to the Relatable Equestrian. I hope that you enjoy this podcast. So today's podcast is with Sue Atkinson. Uh, She's a really lovely lady and um, she's got a great story. So I hope that you enjoy this one. Um, So do you want to start off by telling us where in the county you're from and what discipline you do? Okay, so I'm in Camborne um, and the discipline that I endeavour to do is um, dressage. And um, I'm one of my classes, a mature rider. Um, I'm uh, actually going to be 60 this year. Um, I didn't didn't know that, Sue. I know. Oh my gosh, it's amazing. I'm not going to let a number sort of um, get in the way of my dreams. Absolutely not. Yeah, so... And I've got uh, to say, you've got a more secure position than people half your age. (laughs) So you're brilliant. (laughs) (laughs) in some of the dressage comments it was like well sat and (laughs) uh, yeah a bit exuberant at times (laughs) bless you um okay so let's start from the beginning um when did you start riding and how okay so um i actually started riding when i was about three i was put onto a horse um and um my dad was in the navy and um uh, because i'm quite a mature rider and a long long time ago um cold rose naval station used to have a riding stables um i know i know and um they uh i i spent my whole childhood um at at Coldrose Riding Stables. So um, dad um, used to take, mum Mum was frightened of horses, even though she was brought up on a farm with working horses. She um, she didn't like horses at all. So um, I had an elder brother and sister, so they used to take me to the stables and I really spent my childhood there. And then when we got a little bit older, we used to cycle um, uh, every 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 possible moment to go up there and help out really um my favorite um pony was a little rotund pony called pinky um oh. and he did have a buddy called perky so oh. um and i i think i epitomized um the farewell character so i had a rotund pony and um my legs actually did really stick out on on the side especially when we used to go hunting that was quite um quite um uh interesting riding (laughs) there's Um, where your secure leg position came from then (laughs) well not really because um i I don't know and in, in the day really um uh saddle one saddle used to fit several horses so a horse fitted with a saddle and you always had um like two bits it was either a snaffle or a pelham not the not the plethora of um bits that we've got at the moment which (laughs) in itself um well pinky saddle was um because he was quite rotund used to slip so um, forever actually underneath him more than on top of him <laughs> oh bless you yeah. that's so funny just riding i would say really <laughs> and so um he wasn't yours so he was he he was from the riding school yes yeah. so um, uh that's right i um 
I I then really um, I rode people some um, horses. So friends of mine who went to boarding school, I used to um, hack out their horses. So right. I did that sort of later in teens. Um, yeah. I didn't actually get my horse until much later in life, really, um, yeah. because what I I sort of steered into the way of um, teaching um, riding, and yeah. so. I had a little gap of um, when my parents moved to Penzance, I went to a riding school out in St Ives and I sort of um, rode there on a frequent basis and I started helping out with rides and then um, sort of helping out with teaching the children. And yeah. so that, that got me into teaching. So, yeah. And how uh, old were you then, Sue? I would imagine I was in my um, sort of, 26 27 around okay. there right yeah um, and then uh i actually might be a little bit earlier yeah it might be early 20s but um then i i took all my exams for my assistant instructor at triverton Chiverton riding center so i went yeah. I riding there um and i taught at weekends and i worked full-time at west cornwall hospital at that time Right. Uh, and then I went on to um, intermediate instructors and I went to Porlock and um, took my um, II there. Uh, I never knew this. No, no. Yeah, that's a long, long time ago. And things things have changed um, dramatically or drastically. Really. Um, and um, I used to teach privately. And I didn't buy my first horse until I was 34. <laughs> wow, that's brilliant. Yeah, but I, I rode a lot of other horses. And actually, I think that made a huge difference um, yeah. to my riding, that you you just, uh, you didn't get used to one horse. So you rode yeah, ones. And I, and I think that um, helped me my overall riding, really. So I... A Welsh cross um, thoroughbred who was very green, um, yeah. but I got him from a friend. So, um, and so, uh, did you? Um, sorry, did you? Did you not buy a horse for that long be because of like finance or time or like, what? Obviously, you were very into your horses. What was the reason that you you hadn't bought one until then? Because I I love teaching and I, and that really just took all my time up. So yeah, I okay. go away on courses. I would um, teach at weekends and work full time as well. It yeah. it I just felt I couldn't devote time for a horse. And then yeah, when I first got um, uh, my horse, then I um, I thought it was the right time. I didn't yeah. want. To anymore and I wanted to really do start start doing eventing and things yeah brilliant okay so you got this Welsh cross thoroughbred and what was it, it was his name he was called Bryn Bryn okay he was um 16 to sort of um he was a bay and as I say he'd done nothing really when I had him mm. and so I just had a little bit of fun on bringing him on and did a bit of rug, rug riding club stuff um yeah show jumping I didn't have him that long because where I was keeping him um uh the lady that owned um the yard there um Ma Margaret Smart actually um oh, yeah. 
he bought um, a yearling um, and had him broken in, and um, and he he actually was quite handful, and so she um, offered me Hokey, really, which is um, the horse that I had uh, since. Well, I bought him as a five-year-old, and he was put down last year, really. So yeah, I, I had him all that time, and he—he's—he—he um, he was just a lovely, lovely, honest horse. Um, and so, yeah, so I took him on. Had um, had lessons with a lady called Helen Sissons. Um, oh yes, yeah. We, Helen's already been mentioned in a previous podcast. Actually, we talked oh, about her. She been. was so fabulous for the local dressage scene, wasn't she? And so sad to lose her um, really prematurely. Really. Yeah, she she always makes me laugh because she was a no nonsense instructor. So absolutely. You know, it was get on and you know work you know you've got that <laughs> hour and you both had to work for that hour so um yeah, yeah, yeah no. she was brilliant but one one thing I wanted to share with your listeners really about Hokey Hokey um in in his sort of training pathway when I used to have lessons with Helen Hokey used to um stumble in his hind legs and we thought he was just being lazy and you would tap him with the whip and move him on um so he had a real good habit of banana shaped neck in a way of um evading work really Um, right and also, um, he would, uh, if you collected him, sometimes he would back up and sort of um, be really quite naughty, but not dangerous. Now, yeah. these occasions were all isolated incidents, incidences. Um, but it came to light when he had a raging temperature and went up to Pemelon. And Ruth asked me when he came out of the stable, does he often wobble as he comes out of the stable? And I mm. said, well, actually, yes he, he, yes, he does. Yeah. He was 16 at the time when she uh, noticed that, that he was going off his legs. And mm. it turns out that he had a spur in his spine and his neck, an additional spur on his um, spine. Oh, and what was happening, it was pressing on his central nervous system, which caused mm. him pain and also for him to go off his legs. Mm. And he wasn't in an older horse because um, Ruth showed me some Im- images of a young racehorse with the exact same sort of um, spur. Yeah. Um, it really upset me because, you know, I've been riding him for years and he's um, been in pain for all that time. Um, yeah. I wanted to share with the listeners, if, if you have incidents where you think, oh, that's not right, why is your horse doing that? I, I would jot it down. I would put Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because when you put it all together, it makes sense then. It makes a picture, yeah. And yeah. I do think that that sort of repetitive bad behaviour, if you've got a horse who's a real sweetheart, and it just sometimes can be really naughty, not just a bit bouncy, but, you know, can yeah. really throw its toys at the pram, but it seems a lovely horse. Yeah. There's got to be a reason for that, hasn't there? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, definitely a really good thing to get out there, that there's no harm in checking, is there? No, not at all. And I and I think, I think because they were so isolated cases, you didn't really put two and two together. So... yeah. I, 
I think, um, but I had a lot of fun on him. We did dressage at novice level. We competed mm-hmm. working hunter and we did loads of show jumping on cross country. And he was lovely. Uh, actually, oh, fun. And so, um, yeah, we had him for a long time and he's been through a lot with me, really. So, yeah. So he then retired, um, just hacking out on a long rain. And um, that's when we considered, and we being my sister, because my sister, my sister hacks out and I compete. So we've got a really good relationship um, yeah. on, on the management of a horse, really. Um, mm-hmm. And that's when we found Betty, really. So, yeah. And, and yeah, so I wasn't, we both of us were not looking for a youngster we were looking for something that's done a bit and that you could actually leave in the field and jump on after a week or so and it, and the horse wouldn't be any different but um yeah we um we found betty she was she was lovely a lovely lovely young youngster rising mm-hmm. five um and i actually bought her from a uh, lady who ironically i used to teach to ride years and years ago so it was quite ironic really but um, we both rode her and she was like really quiet, very timid. And what I will say again is um, how animals change when you bring them home <laughs> and, you <start laughs> and you ride them. Colors <laughs> <laughs> come out then. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Betty. I saw some of Betty's four year old auntie. <laughs> <laughs> I think I can remember you saying that you weren't really keen to ride. <laughs> No, in fact, I think, Sue, I think I said I wasn't keen to teach her. I think I said, I think you need somebody who's a little bit more experienced with this kind of horse than me, because I have no idea what to do with that. Because she was on her back legs for pretty much the whole session. I know. I remember it was like a um, high-o silver occasion on one time that she was... Um, yeah was actually full on on the back legs um oh. but uh, betty was always in sort of a fright and flight mode she was very yeah. um uh very tense sort of horse and as you know she's um we've worked with her um over a, over a period of time she's coming up to nine now so um we i've done a bit of joining up with her desensitizing her building a trust with her and and mm. i think we we've come on great great bounds really and, absolutely and last year was absolutely um brilliant for us as in enjoyment and motivation doing the bd quest and um, mm-hmm. coming out as a team so yeah so dressage um is is where we're heading i have jumped betty and we've had i i've fallen off her a couple of times now and I would say uh it's really not my confidence and yeah just uh, and it hurts <laughs> yeah absolutely um yeah. I, so yeah so I'm, I'm concentrating on dressage at the moment yeah there's nothing wrong with that and so um just let's talk a little bit about the the my quest and the team quest um because I think that there's probably a lot of people in the county who would really enjoy it and are maybe a little bit nervous to make that step from unaffiliated. Um, so Quest is basically um, a joining membership between unaffiliated dressage and affiliated dressage, isn't it? It's yeah. it's part of British dressage. There's qualifiers and there's championships. 
but it's just in that little bit of a safety net where it is just for amateurs and people starting out um Mm -hmm. and so do you want to tell us a little bit about your experience with with quest just quickly because i think people would really like to hear about that yeah yeah no definitely so um it's it's the friends at the yard that actually brought this to my attention um and they they suggested um uh perhaps putting a team together um and this this was um you could do my quest as in competing um for yourself but as well as a team and and i think um i wouldn't have done half as many events or um uh, dressage competitions um if i were not within a team um it just gave me I, I just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it mm. was having the support of team members, but also the motivation to get you out and about. And, and I think anyone who wants, who who's, who still wants that camaraderie, really, um, between other teams as well, because all the teams are just so lovely. Um, mm-hmm. Anytime you do go there, just everyone is welcoming, and they, you know, they're really genuinely uh, want you to do well um and yeah now i think it's it's a good good thing to do so anyone out there who's got um three or more people and you you want to get going because we did prelim um not prelim we did um intro last year and we're doing Mm. prelim this year aiming towards novice by the end of the year so uh, i i do i do think it's it's um a very good thing to do <laughs> yeah and and so you're going to do that with my quest and team quest yeah again yeah yeah definitely. and you did really well last year didn't you so I mean you had lots of scores over 70 percent and you were winning your qualifiers and um, you were quite near the top of the leaderboard by the time you went to the championship, weren't you? In fact, I was um, <laughs> at the top of the leaderboard for a very long time. Were, yeah, <laughs> um, brilliant. Yeah, Betty just amazed me every time. Um, you know, we we actually did a, a competition. She she just um, was yeah phenomenal, and yeah, I was so so chuffed. It was a good yeah. Year. Yeah, she's she did really really well um okay and so what what are your goals with betty then what would you like to try and achieve with her um in the rest of your years together right so um certainly this year as i say i want to do the prelim and then go into um novice and then and then i'd like to try dressage to music this year i i would um i i'm quite keen to do that um and then from novice really uh to, to elementary so um that that's my goals um yep. and uh yeah i'm just um very keen to do that yeah and might you like to go do you think you'll go into bd you know and go do the area festival things like that in in time uh in time yes yeah yeah because I, I... Yeah, they do area festival music classes now so that might be a really nice thing maybe for 2022 Ooh, that sounds good thinking about yeah we'll discuss this yes. <laughs> um and so okay so let's describe betty as a person then so if she was a lady what would she be like oh just hyper i think sort of a yeah a high a high yeah i just can't describe it other than um 
very much busy all the time, uh, a busy person, um, quite, um, yeah, hyperactive, I would say. <laughs> Bouncing off the wall. Yes. <laughs> Needs things to keep the thought processes um, continuing. Yeah, definitely a multitasker. Yeah, very much. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, you, your life now and how Betty sort of works around that. Um, I know you've already mentioned that your sister helps you. Um, so like, what was, what's your typical week like, um, you know, with work, family, Betty, how does it all work? Yeah, well, um, my, my sister's retired, which is very good of her. So um, she does really majority during the week. So she does Monday and Tuesdays and I do Wednesday, Thursdays and Saturdays and Sundays um yeah. so it's it's a good sort of um split really um and as i say she hacks out so i i get a little bit bored hacking out i i do like to school um and uh sort of compete so i i think that works really well we share the costs so um that that's um, really helpful as well yeah and and yeah so I work full-time I'm up at Trillisk um and I work there full-time um mm -hmm. and what do you do there uh I'm I work uh, within quality and safety so I'm what's called a governance lead so mm -hmm. um yeah so I look at when things don't go right <laughs> finding yeah root causes on reasons why so I think that sometimes when I, I um, analyze Betty on finding um, the root cause of some of her problems actually quite mm. interestingly I've booked myself on to um, the Masterson method um, for a week yeah brilliant I know and I just think that would help me with a bit of connectivity with Betty absolutely yeah that would be so great be so great for Betty's body yeah but also I I think it's so great for your relationship like I got um such a good bond with Susie really quickly yeah and I'm sure it's from doing that because uh, they learn to relax around you and that and that's it because Betty's a tense horse I thought if if I could work on that tension um I'd, I think it will help both of us so yeah so I'm booked to go mm up to the duchy in um july for the weekend brilliant that'll be really good oh i'm glad you're doing that that's great great <sighs> okay um back on to competing then yeah. um so what is something that you struggle with when competing so maybe personally or or something you struggle with with betty it's you know what what is hard about competing for you um i i think it's um the getting the warm up right um, so that she's not uh, overexcited, she's relaxed, but also that she is going well before I go into the test. I do mm. find that quite difficult because um, it's sometimes I with Betty you can overdo it then she gets bored and then just doesn't really want to do, do it um so mm. to get, get it right um what worked um when we went away to the um BD regionals 
is um, riding her very much on a long rein, whereas um, I haven't done that before. Um, mm -hmm. And that really helped her. Um, yeah, it sort of calmed her a little bit more. Instead of trying to ride her um, in, in, in an outline or trying to get her really collected, it was trying to get her relaxed. And then, yeah. then her then her collection sort of came a lot easier. So yeah, that's uh, I do struggle with nerves. Some um, when I'm when I'm out competing, people might not think I'm nervous, but underneath I'm absolutely just um, really an anxious. <laughs> mm. um, and uh, I, and I think sometimes that um, transmits to Betty. So it's just to take lots of deep breaths, and uh, I've, I've, yeah, find one in the test that I don't breathe at all. <laughs> so I think that that might be helpful. Yeah, definitely gonna help if you breathe. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, it's just, it's just getting that balance right between a good warm up and then. Um, the concentration for the test really and now that we're going into prelim and then I'm looking towards novice I'm and as you you know from um having my riding lessons there's a little bit of a satellite delay to my brain sometimes <laughs> um and yeah I just got to be a little bit more on it on the tests now so because they're mm. you know they're a little bit quicker uh, you know I've got to think a little bit more so I think that might be a struggle for me yeah, it might it might well work very well for you both though because it will give you both stuff to think about and then you won't be thinking about and sort of other things that aren't important if you know what I mean you know thinking about things that will make you nervous etc. Um, so you might find that it that it works quite well. I guess you'll just have to be really confident that you know where you're going. Yeah, and I think if you if you really know where you're going, um, then I I think you two are, are going to blossom when you when you go up the levels i really do yeah anyway that's um yeah that's not really podcast chat is it but <laughs> i think um you're right in the sense that she needs something to think about um mm. so she she needs things to happen quickly otherwise she does think about other things and her mind wanders. so um i yeah i think you're quite right really yeah it's just that balance with the hot horse i think between um keeping them that there's like lots going on but also not taking them by surprise so you've got to be preparing a lot all the way in yeah um so that they know there's something coming but then not um yeah you're sort of keeping them busy but without going am i gonna do this am i gonna do this am i gonna do this yeah. because then they go oh my god I <laughs> so it's just gonna be a balance isn't it yeah yeah, definitely. No, I'm looking forward to it. I'm uh, really just want to get out there now. It's just I know. Well, BD have just released a plan um, for getting us back to competing, like with all the championships and the way they're going to do the qualifiers and stuff. Perfect. So, um, so yeah, have a look at that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so when would be the best sort of time to talk to you at a show? You say you can be a little bit nervous in the warm up and stuff. So. And um, if people want to come and like introduce themselves and chat to you, is that probably best to wait after the test or? Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, th I think after the test. Um, 
but yeah, I I would never never shun someone if someone did come up and speak to me. I wouldn't say, oh, can't talk now. I wouldn't. I never do that. So um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, after the test would be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okie dokie. Um. Okay. And is there anything else you wanted to talk about? I know you've talked, talked a little bit about um, Hokey, didn't you? And the, what you found with him. But is there anything else that you wanted to to sort of say? No, I, I think that that's my my life in a nutshell, really, with horses. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, I I've really enjoyed my journey with horses, and I think things things happen for reason. You know, on 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 horses, you come across in your life, really. So I've come across lots and lots of lovely, lovely horses, which I've had fun on. Um, mm. But Hokey, I would say, is um, a true gentleman horse, and yeah I'm glad that we got a mare and we got Betty because she's nothing like um, Moki was so uh, (laughs) yeah no it's um it's good having the two really yeah you've obviously had been able to have lots of experiences of different things so that's that's really good and probably enabled you to to take on something like Betty yeah yeah it wasn't planned that one but as I say things (laughs) things happen for reasons (laughs) Yeah, she's fabulous though, and you guys, you know, you guys have come on a lot and have got a really good little partnership going. So um, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think there's still a lot to come from you both. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so I hope that you enjoyed that. It was so great to uh, get to know Sue a little better and know about her previous life with horses. Um, I actually teach Sue, so uh, I thought I knew her quite well, but there's actually loads of things I didn't know. Uh, so this is why I love doing this podcast because even if you think that you know someone, um, there's actually lots of interesting things, uh, to find out still. So, uh, yeah, I hope that you enjoyed it. And, uh, if you want to let me know, um, if you liked it, that would be lovely. And I'm sure Sue would like to know as well. <laughs>